listening to The Nasty Table, the premier source for tabletop role-playing actual play. Now come on in, relax, and pull up a seat to The Nasty Table. Everybody except for Roy smells burning. You gotta I, go in there. Triple zeros. There's a right. There's a right answer, and we do this. Taking a fucking shot, whichever one I can hit. Okay. Bullet fires off. And Call of Duty slide. Shoots a shot at the shotgun. Immediately is propelled forward. Hits his head on that counter. No, you said you would help me. You said help me help you. No, you said you would help me. His arm flies off. Rockets towards the ceiling. Unlock it. Open the door to look inside. He's hanging from the ceiling. It's about time, sunrise. You get me somewhere a little bit safer and. I'll answer any question you have. It's like 4.9%, and it's really fucking good. But they don't exist. And he told me that they were at Mr. Liquor right next to Walmart. And I was like, all right, if they have it, then like bootleggers or canals or ShopRite would have it. I checked bootleggers and canals on Sunday. Not a fucking Sunset Wheat in sight. And then I just went to Mr. Liquor. Not there. And then I drove all the way to ShopRite. I was like, this got to be here. Nope, nothing. They have juicy peach, which sucks. <laughs> so I gotta stay in the car, Frank. Okay, so last session was kind of crazy. There was a lot, and I mentioned to you guys. I said, you know, maybe uh, it wouldn't hurt to you know go over some of these names that you got floating around. So I struggled to remember. A more important session than this one probably is going to be. Except maybe the session prior. Or the session before that. You guys are kind of... Like... Doing shit. On, on, a, on a high level that's very important for the case. That's... A lot of shit is going on. So... If I could please... Get a recap of that last session. Normally I have a couple notes... Um, for the recap to try and jog your guys' memory. I have four letters. GK and RJ. So tell me all about GK and tell me about RJ. Please. Before that, actually, you should have critically failed last session instead of critically succeeded. Triple zeros is a crit fail. I don't know what you're talking about. That's on me. Never seen a double that's, triple that's zero on me. That's on me because I trusted someone at the table. Because we went back... He sent me a text. He said, don't go to episode nine and listen at about 30, 36 minutes or something like that. And it was exactly that conversation where we were arguing over what triple zeros was. And I said, write that down. I don't want to have to look in the book again. You said, I, I don't need to write it down. I got it right up here. I got it right in my head. And you still fucked it up last session. So thanks, Mike Finn. So I remembered I said that. For us. All I'm going to say is triple zeros, crit fail doesn't make sense. But it's it's whatever. So That's the rule. That's the rule. The thing is, is... You're right. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't sense. make sense. The, there's a there's a crit success from 1 to 10, but there's not a crit fail. So the crit success for 1 to 10 is 1. If you hit 1, that's a crit success. So there's no crit fail in there. So that's where they add that extra triple zeros crit fail. 
Yeah. So that there's an even between the numbers that can possibly be rolled, there's an even number of critical successes and critical fails. Because we hit a one the next episode and it's a crit success. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So next. Yeah. Don't fuck it up next time, Joe. Me? No. We will not fuck it up next time. <laughs> we have to have a makeup one. No. I ain't I'm gonna let thing. it slide. I'm gonna let it slide. Um. It's on me. <sighs> Dude. <laughs> not. I think we should redo that one back. That's an 11. It's an increments of 11. It should be 0, 11, 22, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, but what's the critical success in that threshold then? And what? From 0 to 10. 0. The only way you can roll 0 is triple zeros. Right. You can't roll regular 0. So triple 0 is the critical fail. What's the critical success? There isn't one. Well, it's one. Uh, all right. Unless it is just that you're, if you're rolling zeros, you're not supposed to crit fail. Because the idea is you can roll one to a hundred. You can't roll zero. There's no rolling zero. So everything that has the numbers that match is a crit, whether it's a fail or a success, except for one, which is also a crit. Okay, that's fair to not be able to roll zero because what other fucking dice let you roll a zero? Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, fundamentally, do you want to take it up with Arc Dream? Kind of. I was about to do because because that would mean that zero to ten has two crits. It's not like there is like it's not like thirty three. It's not like in the set of thirty there's a crit success and a crit fail. There's just a crit. So why is there two different crits in zero to ten? I'm with you on that one. Or ninety to a hundred. Ninety to ninety nine. All right. So. Because there's not, because, I don't know. See, yeah, like, you're saying it's 1 to 100, not 0 to 99. It can't be 0, because other dice don't do 0. But, like, that's how these dice work. It's a place, it's, it goes by the place of the value of a two-digit number. So, so it's, you're, if you're filling it out with triple zero, zero, 0, triple 0 isn't 100, it's 0. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then, by the logic of how the dice work. The values of, yeah, yeah of the die. It is 0 to 99. So 0 is a crit fail one is a crit success and then the next is 11 then 22 33 44 55 66 77 88 yeah it just adds by 11 every time no yeah. see i don't think one is anything i know but as the rules is written it's it's supposed to be a crit that truthfully well, we're it just should taking the rules yeah. and shifting everything yeah, down yeah it mm -hmm. should i mean one shouldn't be anything and triple zero should be a crit success. Yeah, because it, yeah. it's, it's not like there is a thing as a crit fail or a crit success. It's just a 10 crit. crits. Yeah, 10 crits. Mm -hmm. Why is there 11? Feels like we're moving mountains right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? And, and, and you know what? You know what? Fuck it. No, I like that rule. I I have gutted. I, you have convinced me. I'm sold. I have I have gutted this system and took out rules that I don't like, put in rules that I do like. Fuck it. I'm doing that. I like that. I like that. Triple zeros is a crit success. One is nothing. Yes. Bag it, tag it, put it on a t-shirt, put him in a coffin. Gee, you gonna, don't need to write it down anywhere because I'll remember. You'll remember I'll that, remember. right? Yeah, you'll remember. <laughs> We're all going to remember it because it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Just makes sense. Triple zeros <laughs> is a crit success. Because that, I mean, it feels cool to see... 
fucking three zeros come up. That's awesome. That's fun. That's mm -hmm. like be. three sevens in a fucking slot machine. Also, oh, yeah, I'm so glad we can have talks like this. Mm -hmm. Seeing 99 come up, that should just be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait till the next edition comes out and they change the rule. Yeah. I swear to God, I'm <laughs> suing for plagiarism. <laughs> I'm glad we got that out of the way. They, they put a little uh, a reference into the Nasty Table podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like in like the footnote, there's like a little one down, down in the footnotes. As seen on episode 48 of the Nasty Table. This is episode 48? This is episode 48. Jesus. Uh, we're getting old, man. <laughs> 48 sessions. Dude, we were, I was it's listening like back week. to, like, I was listening back to one of the episodes, and, like, we say the date, like, it's, like, April, and we're, like, talking, and it's, like, April, and, like, I'm thinking about April now, and, like, where I was, and what I was doing feels so different, but, like, I feel like the campaign, I was like, oh, yeah, that, like, where we were, like, it was just when you had your solo session. That was in April. Damn. No, it wasn't. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No. Holy no, shit. No, no, no. There's no way. Because April was like episode 20, because we released in April. And it was like around like 20 or 22 that we talk about. I think it's episode 20 that we talk about like, oh, we released today. And we released like April 10th or something. And we're 13 weeks after that. We're, well, probably 13 weeks because we took two big breaks in there. For we're so in like August. No. no, we're not in August. No, we're not in August. We're in if, like the end of July. If then. Episode twenty was April. We took two giant breaks. We took two like three week breaks. I don't know. But still, anyway, yes. So the last, the next episode that comes out, there's the recap, and then there's a private Mike Finn moment, and then there's a long private Alex moment. So I will ask. Session thirty four was the Alex one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, session thirty four. Do not listen to that episode. During that whole entire fucking conversation. And you can hear you guys talking outside too and like screaming and hollering and hooting. Yeah. yeah. I fucking opened my beer and it just <laughs> exploded everywhere and I just like had to be silent because Finn was like going and going and, I, and it just dripped everywhere. I need, I need help. Can I have your napkins? <laughs> oh wait, it just happened now? Yeah, it fucking just like spilled it down the paper table right now. Jesus. I kind of... I mean, you can take it. I wipe my face yeah, on it. I couldn't believe nobody yeah. saw it. Like, it's just foaming over. Like, just, like, Why for, like... Why you say anything? Because I can't clean while I'm talking. Yeah, you, right? You guys were going at your, you know, like your business. He's so sitting there like a kid waiting to tell his mom he pissed his pants. <laughs> I did. Mom, I... Mom, I threw up. I threw up. I threw up. <laughs> my, my fart is on the floor. Mom. Mom. <laughs> I threw up. I throwed up. I throwed up. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't think the chewing would be able to be heard. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. If you listen to some of the latest episodes, <laughs> it's insane. It's bad. When we have those hers, uh... <laughs> there it is. It's like yeah, big moments so nice. too. There's like intense shit happening between two of the characters and, and the other two are like crunching. <laughs> 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 yeah, but that's... It's more immersive. <laughs> Listen to us eat and drink. That's the podcast. We just chill. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It's an ASMR podcast. It's a, it's a bang mukbang. Yeah, dude. Yeah. A mukbang. <laughs> mukbang. Oh my god, it almost went in my nose. I try so hard to pull myself away so from biblical references because I go to that well... Way too often for Delta Green, but it's so easy. It's low-hanging fruit. All that biblical shit is so, like, wacky and weird to me. 
even like fucking um, SVPD. That was all Bible stuff. Wandering Jew and fucking uh, Mary and Pleroma and fucking Enoch and all that shit. <clears throat> and I did it by accident with the RJ's hands, right? Because those are the same as the the wounds when Christ was nailed on the hill of Golgotha. But I didn't do that on purpose. Because I try to actively avoid the cliches that I always go to, and I can't help it. I notice that I can't help it. It's always... I don't know why. Every single Delta Green thing that I always write, somebody's head explodes, and there's some biblical references somewhere. And I can't help it. I can't control it. So that's what it is. What else we got for this recap? Ray joined the club. Ray broke. Hell yeah. What is... Caleb's disorder. Without you, you don't say say a word. Don't say nothing. What do you th what's Caleb's disorder? Mechanically. I thought it was fugue states, right? Fugues, fugues. Yeah. What's Roy's disorder? I feel like the only time. Well, no, I don't even think you broke at that point. <clears throat> I was gonna say the only time that I've seen you like real weird in the past couple days was when you uh when you left Weiss's house. That's when he broke. And you just wanted to like go. Alright. Guesses? Any 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 Have there been shots tells? in the dark? What? I don't know if there's been tells. If you haven't picked them up, then yet then there hasn't been. <clears throat> throw out a guess. He's been broken for like three or four months. Been broken. <laughs> been broken. I do think that this one is harder to rapper. like. I understand the the struggle here. I understand. I feel it. like it's just like something simple, like paranoia or something. But I don't know. I feel like if it was like something really complex, like fugues, we would know. I will say. <clears throat> This campaign, more than any, has been an absolute blast fleshing out and designing interesting disorders. I'll say that with confidence. And that also goes for you two. I know you just broke, and I know that you haven't broke yet, but I will break you. I'm so seen. I'm the seenest guy at the table, baby. How close are you to your breaking point? What? One point. <laughs> <laughs> Same I'm so fucking sick, dude. Oh, that's I got the though. my head screwed on these shoulders, baby. <laughs> that's you guys why don't even know. Last session, last session, Mike Finn was like one left, and you're like, you're yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one left. Yeah, who's close? So, stop me if you've heard this one before. Three detectives, a sergeant, a criminal, and an Appaloosa rider walked into a double wide. The snowfall adds a symbolic blanket over the scene unfolding. I want you guys to close your mind and imagine... No, I take that back. I want you guys to close your eyes and imagine in your mind that this is a movie. This long-winded shot that begins at Ray Hoyt securing Little LaRocca to an exposed pipe. 
laying him back gently as Sarge, who has been quiet up to this point, exits from Ray's bedroom and sits at attention, looking at RJ, who sits patiently on the couch with his hands cuffed, glass of water in one hand, beer in the other. A plate of white bread sits stubbornly to his left. Roy, Caleb, and Jerry watch on as this camera pans out the window to reveal Officer Aaron Lang approaching through the fallen snow, popping his collar, with Dr. Bastian Becker opening the car's passenger door and exiting. Next to their car, the reliable PT Cruiser, with Sergeant Greg Atkins unconscious in the trunk. Aaron Lang, without looking through the window, sits on the stairs leading up to Ray's trailer. Becker approaches Lang, offers him a cigarette, that's declined, lights one up, folds his arms with his back to the trailer. Now, before we begin, I'm sorry if everyone got comfortable, but I'd like everyone to leave the table, except for Chup. It's getting cold. I love my private moments. (laughs) I gotta say, that hit at the perfect moment in the story, too. I think so, too. Like, quite... Quite literally the perfect moment. I genuinely believe, and that that has always been my stance, is that breaking points and temporary insanity are tools for the narrative. These disorders are tools for the narrative. So, I want to take you back about an hour, driving on the long stretch of highway between Minneapolis and Linwood, driving in your truck, alone, aside from little LaRocca, who's handcuffed in the bed of the pickup. In this moment, what is going through Ray's mind? Ray's, like, he's excited, but not, like, giddy. You you know, like, he's he's found the the best mine, the best gold mine he could, but he's got to start working at it now. He's got something in his lap where he could really... um, fulfill one of his longest wishes. Now, Santo LaRocca Jr. is a name that you've heard before. Maybe you've only heard it or read it in passing, but he is the youngest of two nephews of John LaRocca, the head of the LaRocca crime family. John has two daughters, Rose and Sophia. His only brother, whose name is Louis, Louis LaRocca, has three kids. Charles, Maria, and Santo. Now, you've not heard of any criminal involvement from John's brother, nor any of the children. But in this moment, your purpose finds resolve. The entire reason that you're even here in the first place finally has merit. And you're so close. You're so sure of it. Nothing else matters. Nothing except... Justice, vindication, revenge for what was done to you, what was done to them. To find the person who did that and hurt them. And you're almost there. I would like to introduce you to your new disorder, obsession. (laughs) Now, it's going to work a little differently than it is written in the book, but when you are in the presence of anyone that you believe has any connection to the case, to your case. Yeah, my my personal thing. Everything else takes a back seat. Even if that was already Ray's MO, now you do not have a choice. Okay. 
That's fair. If it comes between the Linwood case and your case, your case takes precedence. As long as someone that you believe is involved is in your company. Additionally, when and you might want to write this down, when you lose two or more points of sanity in a single roll, any action that you roll for in the next couple of hours that would take multiple hours, like extended study or a large piece of research or something that would take you multiple hours, you're going to roll with a 20% uh, modifier because your, okay. your mind is... actively dipped in sanity. Yeah. And your mind is, is, is wrapped in this obsession, so it makes it hard to concentrate for long periods of time until the source of your obsession is soothed, which I'm sure that would be a big deal for Ray. Yeah. Yeah, like 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 I said, it's Ray's definitely, like, a, I would say as the drive goes, he's, it's kind of like Sunday scary. It's not to sound weird, but like mm -hmm. more so as he gets close to home. It's like when I saw him, I was on top of the world, but now I'm like, oh, we're just beginning. This, this was like only what I needed to begin Yep. to get where I need to, to be. But you feel, like I said, resolve. Vindication for all the time that you've spent. Like I said, the only reason you're here. And the audience who's struggling to keep up, you will have to flop like a fish for a little bit longer. But eventually you do make your way to the double wide and the events unfold as I've described them. The scene is set as I've described. It's around 1.45 in the morning. You four are inside along with the Appaloosa Rider and little LaRocca. Outside sit Aaron Lang and Dr. Bastian Becker. Greg Atkins is in the trunk. What are you guys doing? Um, Alright, what do we want to do before we um give Lieutenant a ring? Maybe we should bring Atkins inside. You want to bring him in here, or you just want to... Well, somewhere where he's not going to dive. You know, f fucking frostbite or anything. Damn it. All right. Um, I go outside. Who's the officers out there? Aaron Lang and Bastian Becker. Okay, Aaron Lang. And he turns to see you. Um, all right. Uh, you, you, Becker, and uh, guy in the trunk. I'm going to come inside. Lang, I need you to um, keep that guy in my room. Just keep watching him. I mean, you know, he's not going to do anything, but... Okay. I uh, stop by the station. Yeah. Talk to Lieutenant. He's still there. Um, I didn't tell him exactly what happened, but I did say when he asked that you guys would radio in and at least give him a sit rep so he can go home. Like I said, I didn't tell him exactly what happened. Well, I don't know if he's going home, but we'll give him a call pretty soon. Okay. Lang and Becker make their way towards the trunk. Becker looks a little confused. Aaron Lang kind of brushes him aside. I I waved to Beggar, like, to come in mm -hmm. ahead of, you know, ahead yep. of them. And so Aaron Lang pops the trunk, pulls out Greg Atkins, slings him over his shoulder, and begins walking. Becker sees it, looks quizzically, then turns back to you, steps up the stairs towards the double wide. Head on in. 
He looks still confused, but walks in, Aaron Lang behind. Aaron Lang points towards an open door and says, Yeah, um, just keep him in there. I mean, I would, uh, you can you can keep the door open and listen in, but I, I just don't want him to hear if he comes comes to consciousness about all that's going on. You know, he doesn't need to know. Okay, all right. Walks in, lays him on the bed, kind of pulls over like a chair. The chair's positioned next to the door, which is open. Aaron Lang sits down in the chair, looks at him towards the bed. Becker kind of looks all around, taking in this scene. An unconscious man on the floor. RJ, who looks at him and gives him a smile, holding a cup of water and a beer towards you three. And then lastly, towards Ray. He's smiling at Becker? Yeah. Becker's looking at Ray. RJ's looking at Becker. Can I roll human on Becker's reaction for when looking RJ for smiles at him? Sure. Does it like make him uncomfortable? Is there anything? Yeah. Anything there at all? <laughs> 94. He just looks away. Becker looks away from RJ. Um... I want to go to my uh, liquor cabinet. Yeah. Get out a bottle of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, take out a glass for myself and kind of clatter up some more glasses. Anybody? You see Aaron Lang's hand like come into the door frame and just kind of give you like a wave. Hmm. Roy puts his hand up. Please. I pour it out for everyone that asks. Becker still kind of stands looking around. Um, do you know him? I look at RJ like nodding towards Becker no not personally so you know of him? sure Dr. Bastian Becker close friend of Weiss Clay. Becker kind of turns and looks at him for a while. You know about Weiss? Oh, yeah. Well, a little bit. I mean, you know about him now? Yeah. Like I said, a little bit. How do you know about him? Look, like I said, still, glass of water, beer in one hand. I'll answer your questions, but you have to answer mine. All right. We're all ears. He kind of gives you a surprised look, smiles. Okay. Um, Kind of leans over towards the end table, puts the glass and the beer can down looks at you rather excitedly what do you think about traffic he says it's Troy yeah uh not a huge fan of it it's not like it's terrible around here but this is the second largest city in 
Minnesota, so third, fourth. Have you ever driven in like really compact cities? Yeah, I have. Bumper to bumper traffic. Where are you going with this? It's just a question. You said you'd answer it. I hate traffic. I hate traffic too. Okay, so what were you asking? How do you know Dr. Weiss Clay and Dr. Bastian Becker? That is a complicated question. I know, and I will make this clear, I know a lot. Okay, but I don't know everything. I only know what I know. Right. How is the good Dr. Clay right now? You don't know? No, he shakes his head. He's, he blew his, well, he got his head blown in with a shotgun. He's dead? Yeah. He smiles wide. Are you sure? He's... Where the fuck are you going with this? Are you sure? Yeah, of course I'm sure. You are? Yes. Okay. No, it was it was cute watching Weiss Clay scurry around, hiding behind telephone poles and distant admirer. Um, no harm, no foul on him, though. But I did notice him watching quite some time. He was very interested in what we were doing. And I would let him watch. Hmm. But only watch. How's Becker look while he's saying this? At attention. Angry? No. Okay. But Becker kind of slowly stands back, sits down, and raised lazy boy. To, to RJ. Why is that? Why would I let him watch? Yeah, why not do something about it? I always figured him as like a like a cuckold watching us do what he wanted to do. He was scared. Weiss was scared. But I'm saying he was never a threat. You didn't see someone seeing what you were doing as any type of threat? No, not Weiss, at least. He's an old man. He got us to where we are right now for you sitting in this living room. Do you see us as a threat? Can I ask a question of my own? Go for it. Absolute confidence, 100% honest opinion. Do you think that I could leave this double wide right now if I really wanted to? Everything that you've seen, everything that you know, do you think I'm actually here against my will? Be honest. Roy, Roy chuckles a little bit. <clears throat> you know what? <laughs> if you asked me that a week ago, I would have 100% and 100% confidence said no fucking way. But I still think you're surrounded by a good chunk of guys right now that don't want you to leave. Do you think you could stop me? I think we could try. 
I think you could too. That's what I always liked about you, Sunset. But I don't want to hear you talk about Weiss Clay anymore. Not you. <laughs> if you, uh... You're so confident in escaping us. Why do we find you hanging up in a meat locker? Why couldn't you escape that? I never said I was confident in escaping you. I asked what you thought. Felt confident to me. No. I'm not sure if I could. And I'm not going to try. What's he got to do with it? Who do you I point over to the man chained to the radiator. He's like a little puppy. This whole situation. Right? He's got a plan. Cops got a plan. Danny's got a plan. They all have plans. I got, and he motions his head towards the plate of white bread. I got white bread. They all have their own designs about what's going on. And they conflict. They do. What happened with Bobby? Bobby was evil. Bobby was true evil. Some people are evil. Hell, most people are evil, but they always hide it behind a good reason. Right? They lacquer it, emboss it, make it look pretty. That they have a good reason to be evil. What we were doing was important work, but he was unapologetically evil. He inflicted pain and he liked it. I had to do what we did. But I didn't like it. Bobby loved it. You rode with him for a long time. He was a friend. At first. When did all these, uh... Talk about different, uh different paths people are taken seemed like yours were pretty aligned with Danny and Bobby at the time when did it all go to shit probably the coffin I would say if I had to pinpoint an exact moment in time how long have you been sleepwalking for probably say since the coffin how would you describe your your impulse control? Got my weapon on my hip right here and uh, haven't put a bullet through your head, so pretty even keeled right now. I agree. The coffin is when things changed. A little. But it didn't diverge like a tributary. There wasn't a stream that was split. It just changed. From fresh water to salt water, more like. Did you kill him? Did you kill Bobby? 
No. No, Mark... Mark killed Bobby. He didn't mean to kill Bobby. But he did. <sighs> That's... That's very convenient for you, that... Oh, yeah. It is. Almost intentionally... Convenient. Yes. C correct. So what was all that black shit in his lungs, then? Black shit in Bobby's lungs. Well, it wasn't shit. It was a side effect. A good one. Deterioration of... Let me ask you this. What do you know about parasites? Brief description. What are you getting at? Answer, answer the questions. Answer my questions, I'll answer your questions. What do you know about parasites? Well, to be parasitic is to eat at something, to infect a host and eat it there. Antibodies, whatever it may be, good blood cells. Sustain yourself. Yeah. Right. So that black shit, deterioration of a parasite. Bobby and Sean, they fought against it the best they could. And he kind of looks off for a little bit like he's thinking. Not me, though. Not me. Head priest pays no tithes, as they say. What did those kids have to do with any of all, any of this? They weren't picked or chosen or anything like that. It wasn't... It wasn't anything personal. They just happened to be there. Then the explain the dream. Dream? Mm hmm You wrote about it. How many dreams do you think you have a night? One, if you're lucky. Sure. You know, I read a paper that said the average person has three to five dreams a night. Sometimes upward of seven. Right? And, and you're lucky if you remember one. Do you think that these dreams have any effect on us at all? Even if we can't remember it? Right? Sure. They do, yeah. How many times have you woken up from a seemingly dreamless sleep, but you still feel something, right? Maybe you're scared, you're panting, you don't know why. I'm saying that dreams unwind the ball of yarn that is your subconscious. It helps us process traumas. But dreams are a funny thing because they can wind that ball back up. They can put knots in it. Even if we don't remember. Jerry just sits up after that. And just like starts walking towards the liquor cabinet kind of slowly says that doesn't give me anything <laughs> just walks and pours himself some more whiskey how's Becker looking when he hears that wide eyed mm. I, I, Roy says what you thinking about there Becker Sounds a lot like Weiss Clay. Any more convinced? 
I think so, yeah. I turn back to RJ. So what's the parasite then? What parasite took Bobby? Took Sean? Took you, but... As you say, you allowed it. What was... Your New Year's resolution? New Year's just passed. You, you had to make a resolution. What was your resolution? I, uh... My New Year's resolution this year was to spend more time with my niece. Have you accomplished it? It's been a rough fucking start to the week. Probably because of me, right? I, and everything else. <laughs> Almost entirely. You. And other folks who I'm sure you're aware of. Parasite. Ask yourself. From a purely logical standpoint. You're smart. Why are you afraid to die? What is so scary about that? Because you were dead a lot longer than you were alive. You were dead millions of years before you were born. So so why why would that be scary? Well, that was before I was born. I have no fucking idea what that... You don't remember. Right. Ask yourself, who are you? Tell me, tell me, who, who, like, who are you? I'm Roy McNeil, sergeant of the LFECU. That's your definition. That's, that's who you think you are, right? Because if, if, if I ask someone else they're gonna have a different answer right so who you are isn't really who you are that's who you think you are if i ask that question to other people they'll tell me who they think you are and even if i were to ask every single other person in this world that you've ever interacted with who you are and i were to combine those all together that's still not who you are that's a conglomeration of a bunch of different opinions and viewpoints it's not actually who you are who you are doesn't exist okay but I know who you are who you who you really really are what 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 are you talking about you're a host you're a host you have a parasite in you and so do I so does everyone but before you were born you were someplace else, okay? The you, the real you, you were stolen from her and shoved into this meaty little structure, this little vase to hold the real you. So, your battery serving this parasite. See, you're not afraid to die. Your parasite is. You eat and drink, not for yourself, no, it's it's for the parasite in you. Or you in the parasite, I should say. You were stolen 
from her. By who? What the fuck are you talking about? I'm trying to figure it out. I'm not there yet. Okay, but I have that up to that point. You were stolen and you were happy before you were stolen. Okay? I just, I want to put everyone back where they belong. Is that crazy? That I want to go home, that I want everyone to be able to go home. I think the rest of the world feels like they are home and that this life is home. I think it sounds like you feel like you're surrounded by parasites. Who else in this fucking planet is real to you then? Other than yourself. No, we're real. We're just not healthy yet. Look, when you think about meeting a god, how do you picture it? Like a like an ant looking at a human being near you. That's not what it's like. Sunset, that's not what it's like. It's like a piece of grass looking at a lawn or, or leaf looking at a tree or the brain thinking about itself. That's what it's like. Now, I lo look, I understand. I know what's going through your head. I sound crazy. Just think about what I said. I'm not trying to convince you, alright? But if anything, in that entire line of logic gave you pause for even a second, just think. Think about it. Because that's real. That's happening. And I'm not crazy. You met her then? Whoever she is, you met her? I did. Was it her in the casket? Mm. You have to be more specific because there were a lot of things in that casket. A lot of things. Oh, yeah. Explain. Well, you're asking if that was her in the casket. When are you talking about? Because the casket has had when we several opened occupants. It, when I opened it. No. What did I free from the casket? See, you and I, we cast shadows, right? Uh, a two-dimensional, flat picture, because we're three-dimensional objects, that, uh, that, that had a shadow in it, her shadow, at least. Shadow's flat for us, but hers isn't, because she's not here. She's not where we are. You let a shadow out. How did you capture this shadow? If you didn't meet her? Let me ask you a question. Sure. Now, I already asked Kayla, but I'd like to <clears throat> ask you, because this is important for you at least, how would you describe your impulse control? Not very good. No. No. I don't think it is. 
I think you're very impulsive. I think you're insulted easily. I think you're narcissistic. I think you're a know-it-all. I think you're rude and disrespectful. You don't know me. Sunrise, I know you better than you think. You keep saying that. Let me tell you about the shadow. Because you're going to want to hear this. You're going to like this. I promise you're going to like this. And he looks towards all of you. You're all going to like this. This is really good. This is really good. So, so... I don't think I've had enough time to fully experiment it, flesh it out. There's, there's, there's a lot I don't know, okay? But, but there's even more that I was wrong about. I had it with me for a long time, and I managed to put it back. So I can't tell you what happened, how I got it back, because I don't know exactly how I got it back, but I can tell you what happened when I opened it, it latched on to me. When did you open it? Madison, Wisconsin. And how did you get it? Oh, we were moving it. You don't know already? You didn't tell him, Roy? I'm not... <laughs> That's okay. I don't blame you. It's hard to explain. Right. Are you familiar with the concept of imprinting with animals? How when a bird is hatched, it looks at its mother and visually imprints the mother's image into its brain, and then it will always know, that's my mother. As its brain is developing, that's my mother. Well, it's the same thing with this shadow. Prints on who opens it up. And it's good. It protects you. Ask yourself, who opened the coffin? Ask yourself who this shadow is imprinted on. And ask yourself who it attacked and why. And if you can put that together, you're a pretty good detective. Protects you from threats. Protects you from being attacked. And it's imprinted on you. It didn't attack me. No, it didn't. Doesn't make any sense to me. Just think about it. So... Saying is this uh, all-knowing being, this shadow, it knows who it wants to protect and protected Jerry from from me. Yes. Some threat to Jerry. I can only tell you how I know that that shadow operates. Whatever you pull from that is up to you. But I want to re-ask my earlier question: How long have you been sleepwalking? Because there's a right answer for it. And it's three words. I don't know. Right? Because I got a little spoiler for you. You didn't just start 
sleepwalking. You just started getting sloppy. How do you know? Because this isn't the first time we met. You serious? Are we are we done? Cunt? Are we done with this? <laughs> we have about a hundred questions for this asshole, and it's 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 traffic. It's how do you like traffic? It's it's no. It's you're giving me answers. Let's not let's not beat around everything. I I, I saw you. We interacted. What happened? What have I been doing? What have I been doing this whole time? Tell me. You're scared, and I don't think you're ready to understand fully, or at least I don't feel comfortable letting you know that. I don't think you're in a great headspace, to be honest with you, and you're kind of harshing my vibe. <laughs> Just let it sit. Think about it. There's way more important things right now. High noon, and he points towards Ray, is one of them. I have a poem that I read a long time ago, and it made me think about you. Edgar Allan Poe, I don't know if you're versed. Oh God, can I not grasp them with a tighter clasp? Oh God, can I not save one from the pitiless wave? Is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream? Out of everyone in this room, I knew you're the worst. I know. I've always known that. How much do you know? Not enough for you. Or I would help you. I would hope you would. This shadow seems... Seems like if you know... Its effects, its powers, it could be a good tool. Absolutely. It's just... Wielded by the untrained right now. Wielded by someone with bad impulse control. someone who maybe not immediately so sunrise you don't have to start feeling guilty about it but maybe in that moment embarrassed by Chris Hudson maybe the thought crossed his mind what if I just rip this kid's throat out right now subconscious it's not his fault it's his nature I don't what blame are you him saying? You're the reason Chris is dead. And the reason that that... God, I don't even know his no, name. No, you're a fucking liar. What are you talking about? <laughs> I... Physically incapable of lying to you. You have such a sweet face. I couldn't. I'm serious. You did that. You're full of shit. You're fucking crazy. A lot of people say that. You're fucking crazy. A lot of people you're say that. You're a crazy that. fucking person. Jerry gets up, kind of, like, starts... P. 
pacing around the room. So any one or anything that threatens him is going to get punished for it? If his subconscious deems it so. But I would make a case that it's smarter than he is. That's impossible. Okay. You're sp- you're spitting bullshit. I had nothing to do with the kid. I was with you guys. I, I had nothing to do with that. The same way that Mark had nothing to do with Bobby? He points at you. What are you saying? Saying that there's a lot of strange happenings. Okay, this is one of the lower end ones. So if you can't wrap your head around this, then you're not going to be able to wrap your head around everything else. Okay, then Lorenzo. Jerry wasn't under any threat when Lorenzo's head fucking flew off of his shoulders. No, but Lorenzo wasn't complying to Sunrise's iron will. Wasn't being as helpful as he liked. No, no, no. Frustrations. They can manifest in odd and peculiar ways. Look, I mean... No, I've been in more threat than Chris and... And... What about the beer fridge? I'm not going to try to convince you of anything. I I genuinely am not. You asked me a question, I answered it. That's all. Would you be able to describe to us the events that we presume happened before, during, and after um, whenever you or someone fled from your car at the residence in um, it's in town, right? Uh, you're going to have to put that in English for me, High Noon. Again. He was Dude, I it. did it slow! <laughs> So on January 1st, we got a call. Um, I believe it was from uh, a neighbor of sorts. Um, there was a missing car with the door. Well, not, not missing. <laughs> um, there was a car with the door, uh, doors wide open, parked at the house of Ronald Jordan Quinn uh, on 4440-57th uh, Northwest Street. It was uh, It was wet in the car found grain in the back and that's where he found the key to the storage locker found it on January 1st correct wide open correct so that puts us a spot on the timeline if you will sure so can you as I said before um, describe to me the events that happened with yourself possibly before during and after that car was left in that state sure well first Gotta ask, what breeds your dog? Oh, he's a fucking uh, he's a German Shepherd. He's a he's a he looks like a police dog. <laughs> did you uh, did you get him when he was a puppy? I did. Was he a cute puppy? 
they all are. I don't even know what day it is today, but whatever day you're describing, um, bagged and tagged by Danny's boys. Whole nine yards. Talking about the potato sack over the head, beat me up, taking me over to GK, Golden King they, Buffet. They took you from your residence? Yes. Um, I know... You know, don't don't get uppity. I'm not gonna press charges. It was all in fair play and all that. Um, do you know if they went in your residence at all? Could you hear anything while you were getting sacked? More than likely, yeah. Did you have anything in there that they might have wanted? Oh yeah, a couple things, pictures mainly. Ask me what the pictures were. What were the pictures? Horrible things. Bad things. Do you mean artwork or photographs? No, photographs. From Danny's cabin, his ranch. Well, some were left there. I'm sure that they were. Incriminating photos were left there. I'm sure that they were. See, there were a lot of things left in a lot of places, as far as I know. One of them being a... Uh, God, what did it say? He looks over towards Caleb. Uh, same time, Wednesday. Swaps. Swaps. Right. And based off of what you know at this point, what the fuck would I and Bobby be swapping? Yeah. Yeah. However, well, now that my mind's going a little bit, yesterday was Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah. Police force spread a little thin, maybe looking at different places that might be of interest. Meanwhile, someone is doing something big and there's not enough cops around to see. Yeah. Like I said, I I underestimated you guys a decent amount. But you are still far... Far away from from figuring out what you want to figure out. So the only uh, thing on you was what was in that locker note yeah that was me those pictures that they probably got rid of because if you haven't asked about them now that means you didn't find them or they were gone they were pretty bad not incriminating you wouldn't describe them as incriminating you would describe them as vile horrible horrible things why were you swapping with Bobby I wasn't you're not following you're not you're not listening you're not you're not picking up on, on what I'm saying. I wasn't swapping anything with Bobby. I didn't leave that note. That wasn't me. But if you want to keep with this theme of misinterpreted notes, like I said, I underestimated you, but you are not as important as you four think you are. I promise you up and down. That note in that coffin was not meant for you. I promise you that. Like I said, you guys have helped me in more ways than one. And unlocking that was very helpful. You didn't leave that note? Not for you. It was for Minnesota, or, uh, Minneapolis. Yes, sir. Now you're getting somewhere. Why'd you think they would come across the coffin? What do you know about astrophysics? 
Not a thing. Rough guess. Anything? Use that in them rocket ships? It's a good shot. Maybe close. I don't know. What was your question? Why would you think that Minneapolis would come across a coffin in Linwood? Because they were looking for it. You were looking for me. They were looking for the coffin. They knew where I was because they done got to me before. And why do they want the coffin? They didn't want the coffin. They wanted what was in the coffin, correct? There you go. Finally putting stuff together. So now they find... Who wanted what was in the coffin? Take a guess. One guess. Is Lang watching? Lang is... You can't even see him. He's sitting in the corner of Ray's room watching Sergeant Greg Atkins lay on the bed. I know who... But you know, that isn't what I'm trying to get at. That isn't what I want. What did you what 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 do you want? I want to give you what you want. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Oh, it doesn't stop there. How's he involved? I guess, maybe technically on paper he's my employer or was my employer at a time at a time mm-hmm that's how it all started this whole ding 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 domino effect started with him actually started with somebody else um who's dead now god rest his soul Chris Malaki. he was an interesting, interesting person. And he was younger than me. Younger than all of us in Bay Street. See, Chris suffered a lot. He had a loss in his family. When he was young, it, it really tore him up and it shaped his entire life. You know, how, how dramatically a loss, and I'm sure you know, can change the trajectory of your life. As it can. His dad died when he was seven or eight. Do you know what Malaki means? No. It comes from the Italian word malocchio. Evil eye. It's a folk belief of Italians that you can get spiritually harmed uh, by having someone look at you with jealousy. Sometimes you can do it by accident. Without meaning it. He looks at Jerry admiring something a man with a beautiful wife happy kids full bellies you can get the evil eye just by existing the Italians are very superstitious people okay and Chris was jealous he was jealous of the world he was jealous that people didn't have to live with hardships like he did he was more than jealous he was mad a lot he was angry angry at the world angry at his father for dying angry at his mother for remarrying and angry Angry from having to change his name from Avalone to Malaki, more than anything, I think. What the fuck did you just say? See, he was looking into his dad. And that's what led him to... Apsokos. And it was him first. LaRocca's and the other crime families 
they knew about her too. Old relics from the motherland, that's that's where it started with, with Chris. And we'd work with these people, we'd do jobs for them, transporting things, drugs, money, guns, and then a coffin. And along the way, we learned about her worship by the mafia types. Bobby, Donis, and I, we took the side of the passenger in the coffin. Chris and Sean did not. This upset people we were working for, and by extension, upset Dan Winters. But they let it slide for a little bit, because we were able to show them the, the big picture, show them what it, what it really meant. How important this coffin was, and how important its contents were. Why... Why, why does he care? Why, what does he want to do with what is in the coffin? He's a monkey. He's a monkey playing with a hand grenade, using it to open up coconuts. Dan Winters doesn't understand. He sees a tool. Well, he sees a power that he thinks can be a tool. Thinks it can be weaponized. Thinks it can be retrofitted. Thinks he can put a trigger on it. He's a monkey with a hand grenade opening coconuts. He has no idea the power that... The power that she has. Why'd you... Why'd you help him? Why'd you let him help you? I... Eventually, it got you locked up in a fucking freezer. And now it's got me sitting next to white bread. They want more from you than just a location of a coffin? I'm a lion tamer. I'm the head priest. I'm her eyes. And the stars are her hands. I'm a conduit. Prophet. I'm a leader. And I have a lot of people behind me. How many do you think there are of us? Honestly. Like it's just Bay Street. Just me and Marsha. Donis, maybe. There's thousands of us, Caleb. People working in liquor stores. Sweeping the streets. Going to their office jobs. Bank tellers. Police officers. There's a lot of us. That's why Dan wants me. He thought he could break me. I don't think he can. With more questions to be thrown around in both directions, and the LFVCU still stays within Ray's double wide trailer. That is where we're going to be picking up next session.
Thanks for listening to this episode of LFVCU, a Nasty Table production.